0: Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello, welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast. My name is Stacey Morgan, and joining me is the fabulous Regold. Hey, Reg.
1: Hey, Stacey. Hello from the US.
0: You've had a, you know, you've had a, a rough start to the year in terms of, you know, storms and snow and absolutely everything you might be able to hear in the background for me we it is pouring rain here today so you know you've had some snuggly indoor weather and this is certainly snuggly indoor weather for me so it's a perfect day to record a podcast
1: oh just to get this recorded on the podcast what we're talking about snuggly was 29 inches of snow But you're right, I snuggled, I did all that. Mm. Welcome to our podcast listeners. I'm excited to be with you today.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by the Dance Life Teacher Conference and Soul. It's five days, two events, something for everyone, for you as a studio owner, for your teachers and faculty, for your admin and front of house staff, for your dancers, there's such great opportunity for them and for their parents to come and learn. The summer is gonna be a you know, a, a bumper learning opportunity. I would love you to, to join us. It's going to be just sensational. Are you are you in full swing for planning, Ray? Is everything all your ducks in a row?
1: I'm going to say ducks are in a row for the conferences themselves and mm-hmm. scheduling. Uh, and now we are open for registration and would love all of our listeners to check it out at com.
0: We cannot wait. Today on the podcast, we're talking about inclusivity. I think it's something that we know... Is important to our business, important to the success of our business, important to the lives of our students and our families and the communities that we serve. But it's often not something that we talk about or that we consciously plan about or are strategic about. And Re and I have, you know, so many thoughts on why inclusivity is important in the studio. And I, and so many thoughts, Rhi, that I don't even really know where to start. <laughs> it's... it's it's but so incredibly in, it, important to make your studio somewhere that everyone, where someone, somewhere where everyone feels welcome.
1: And inclusivity means a lot of things. Mm. It's it do, it isn't just one thing. It's inclusivity in um, the curriculum we offer, so that all kids have the chance to dance. It's. Uh, being sensitive to people who are of a different color or a different belief system within our school from, let's say, the majority or many of the dancers. And it's also about making people feel like they're a part of a community like that's Mm. inclusivity. It doesn't matter. It's just they walked in your door and now they're inclusive in this whole culture. Yeah. So I'll let you pick up where you want to pick up. And I, those were three things. There's five or six that we were talking about before this podcast. Which one do you want to pick up on there, Miss Stacey?
0: Well, let's start with curriculum, right? Let's start with, you know, skills and the things that the kids are learning in the classroom. We we know, re we talk all the time about how dance is for everyone. And there should be an opportunity for everyone to dance, no matter what their skill level and their ability but I think sometimes we get um, focused on the kids that we've had been teaching for a long time, the kids who want to do every performance and every mm-hmm. competition. And we don't necessarily think about the student body as a whole, because whilst there may be some competition kids and competition parents, there's often a lot of uh, students who just want to come to dance and having a, a space for them, a class for them, a, a curriculum for them is really, really important.
1: I'm with you 100%. So I don't want to get off of inclusivity, but I want to say the majority of our students are those kids you just described. The majority walk in at least expecting a once a week dance lesson and a recital at the end of the year and grandma, grandpa, and everybody else coming to cheer the young dancer on. Mm. It's it's our expectations that can damage that inclusivity, Mm -hmm. meaning I want to say this the right way, but our pride is in our accomplished dancers. We, We don't want people to see the kids who are here for the once a week fun class and they feel it. Mm. If the studio isn't aware of it, did, did I make sense? With yes. That?
0: Yeah. Oh, completely. They feel it. You know, for so long, we, we were guilty of this, Ree. We would think about, you know, what costumes are we going to put on our competition kids? What costumes are we going to put on our rec kids? And it was at your conference actually five years ago that, um, really a light bulb was turned on for my faculty and I in that, Why should the competition kids have the sparklier costume? Why should the rec kids not have a costume as fancy as? And so we completely changed our mindset on that. It wasn't anymore that we were, you know, looking in in this costume book for the performance kids and in a different costume book for the rec kids. It became how can we make every kid feel special on stage, in the classroom, in the foyer, I saw two beautiful, beaming girls yesterday who came out of their acro class in my studio, and I didn't. Ne- I've never seen these girls in my life, and I was. This is the, you know, um, I was in a completely different room. They were, they were brand new. They'd come in, they'd done the class, and I said, "How was class?" And the looks on their faces and the smiles that they had, that oh, fantastic! They said, "Oh, it was great." And I, like those kids, deserve just as good of a costume as the kid in the other room who's doing seven classes a week. And that was a big mindset shift for us and has been um, really huge for our culture because that culture, that building that culture of everybody has a place, I think is really, really important.
1: So let's add to that list. Not only should they be uh, considered in the same way when we're costuming, but they have quality teachers Mm -hmm. who... Hear me who work to create choreography that makes those kids look special. Mm -hmm. Not the same old choreography because they're a recreational group and you have been doing this for a long time. We would spend uh, much time on our most advanced kids creating a great piece of choreography that they were going to compete with or close the show with. Mm-hmm. I say, put the same effort into each of your, what I'll call rec kids. Cause I don't have a better word for that. Maybe we should change it to the majority. Yeah. And then everybody would get the point. All right. <laughs> the majority. Um, and give them as much creativity and and we get just as excited when we saw them succeed i think uh this uh part of inclusivity is something that has to do with the teacher and the ego because watching a young student, maybe who has learning differences or whatever, is not an able-bodied person, doing whatever they do successfully in your class has to give you as much of a jolt (laughs) of feeling successful as the group of kids who just won an award. Yeah, and to me, to me that seems simple, a concept that's easy to grasp. Mm-hmm. But I know so many studio owners who can't get this message to their faculty. The owners know it, mm-hmm. but they can't get it to trickle down because those people are believing that success lies in the best answers that they can make.
0: I think success lies in, as a teacher, being able to deliver a curriculum or a program or a class that makes every kid feel special. And so for so many, there are things in the classroom that they can't do. Their bodies might not allow them to be able to do that. Their brains might not be able to allow them to do that. But as a teacher, finding ways in which to connect with those kids and give them things that they can do, that they, you know, can create that movement and, and feel good about that movement and look good with that movement. I think it, it it's about being flexible in your in your teaching approach, but it's also about upskilling. You know, there's certain, you know, there's kids with behavioural issues that take a lot of a, a take a completely different um perspective from you as a teacher in that classroom a different way to handle how you would teach that child compared to another child and upskilling yourself so you have those tools in your tool belt to be able to deliver a great class to every child I think is really really important and that sorry Ray, you just jumped out of your chair
1: <laughs> what were well you say? I was gonna say <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't mean to I they the, our listeners <laughs> didn't know I did that no. You I was going <laughs> to say, and as a teacher, you want that. Mm. Okay. You want an across the board feeling of success, not just in one ego filling area.
0: Yeah. We had a student who had um, back surgery. She had um, scoliosis and she had to have her spine completely replaced with a a metal version in order for it to be straight because otherwise her scoliosis would have continued to grow and would have caused her all sorts of drama. And when she came back to the classroom and, you know, so much gratitude and love for this child for actually coming back to dance after such a big operation because for so many you know, they that would be the point where they would give up. This girl didn't give up. She came back to the studio. But there were certain things she couldn't do. She couldn't roll around on her on her spine in contemporary. She couldn't lift her leg the way that she used to do it. And my incredible team found ways to manipulate their curriculum and their choreography so that this child, who was 16 at the time and had a couple more years to go, could finish out her dancing career with us feeling good about what she could do. And that moment made me so much – gave me so much pride, just as much pride as, as winning my – you know, winning a great competition routine or being overall champion of, of anything because the team rallied together. They threw out ideas. They talked to each other. Well, how does this work for you and how are you teaching her to do this? And she ended up having a great two years of – you know, two final years of dance and graduated last year. And it just was so incredible for me to be able to watch that – watch that come together with that culture so that every child, every child really did have their own way of feeling special in that class, whether it was, you know, the girls who had injuries or the girls who had been dancing for a while, or those competition kids.
1: And so what did that say to me, that really awesome story? It said to me that the choreographers, teachers, whoever was working on creating that final product, that that choreography, I guess, they were putting the child before themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, that that really just kind of is the bottom line of that. And what if we did that all the time? Mm -hmm. I mean, not just in our choreography. It's yeah. like every class, every decision we make so that we can be inclusive of everybody.
0: Yeah. And, you know, that's a really good point, Re. When you walk into a studio for the first time, how does that studio feel for everybody? Mm. Do you have a studio that is very, um, very pink Clicky. and... Well, very yeah, very clicky. I was going to say pink and sparkly, um, but you know, not very welcoming. Is right. what's what is what what story is that foyer area in your studio telling, and is it welcoming and inclusive for everybody to feel like they could find find a place here and find a space here? A couple of years ago, we um, we spoke with one of our um, one of our parents in our studio and she came on board as our cultural awareness officer and um, she's of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island descent and so she uh, is has just been absolutely incredible in giving us hints and tips along the way as to how we can make sure that any other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander students or families that come into the studio can feel welcome and it can be you know things that are as simple as a a plaque on the wall that says you are you are welcome here Um, it can be the way in which we um, communicate on days that are important to them and their culture ways in which we post on social media and and show our support and and you, you know make mention of things that are important to them and having her come on board and she's you know, she's a mum in the studio, so she's invested in in the studio's success. Her kids uh, attend with us. They're gorgeous girls. And bringing her on board for that has been a great learning experience for myself and my faculty, but it's also helped us make change that w- makes the studio feel more inclusive for all students. And I think, I think that you know, sometimes we don't necessarily think about that, especially thinking about that, that first walk into the studio. Is it a space that, that people of all genders feel welcome? Is it a space that people of all cultures feel welcome? Um, and if it isn't, what can you do to make change? And it could be, you know, as I said, we've got a plaque on the wall, just subtle, small things that make really big differences in making your studio inclusive.
1: Wow, I love that. You just made me, I wrote this down, create a culture squad, Mm. look around your studio and find diversity and bring them together and say, how do we do at covering our bases and making you feel welcome? And what could we do better? Yes. And they're your culture squad. And, you know, it could be a quick thing. You just meet with them, talk to them, have some action steps and you move forward because in the the States and over there, I I feel like uh, the Black Lives Matter issues of the last couple of years, I was one of those people that believed and still do that I understood cultural differences because I've taught children and adults from every culture, but I learned so much, even mm. though it was not easy during that period of time, that I'm not sure that we really do in our studios know how to be inclusive of everybody. And what, what do I, why do I say that? You know that an African-American girl who has a hard time putting her hair in a bun, and for the last 30 years, we have been putting everyone's hair in a bun, Mm -hmm. and that's the way it is. We must now reconsider that, because that child's hair may be ruined for life because she had to do things to her hair to conform to what they would say were European ideals. Mm. And I would have never thought about that. I came from the school where every girl was uh, had a bun. It didn't matter what the color of your skin was, what the texture of your hair was. All boys were in pink tights. And now we live in a world where we can't even, and it's okay with me, we can't say dress code is this for boys and dress code is this for girls. We now need to say dress code is this and you can choose whichever one you want.
0: Mm -hmm. These are your options. Absolutely.
1: So that this, this discussion or this topic of inclusivity I don't know if you notice it, but I'm having a hard time saying that word. Um, <laughs> I
0: haven't noticed. I will now. <laughs>
1: okay, good. Um, connects in so many ways to our classrooms, our businesses, our our studios, our communities.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's about that education. It's about be- being open to that education, open to learning more. And a great way to start that conversation is to to, to go to somebody who's already within your community and say, can you help me with this? I want to learn more. I want to make sure I don't miss anything. Can you have my back? Can you look out for me? Can you tell me when I I mess up? Can you tell me what I could do better? And having those conversations, starting those conversations are a really, you know, a really easy way to start making, you know, small changes or big changes that can make a big difference to your studio community.
1: And... When you make that decision to make that big difference, your business will grow because you'll be recommended by all the cultures in your studio because you're so inclusive. Many parents are looking for the inclusive environment for their children Mm -hmm. before they're looking for the environment where everybody is the same. Mm -hmm. And I believe that all of our marketing, all of our designs, uh, even what we put on a t-shirt studio gear, everything that we do should be diverse in imagery, in, in children, in all that we do. It's happening in our world. I don't know if it's happening in uh, dance as much. I hope it is. Mm. But on uh, I don't know if it's this way on Australian TV. But on American TV, there isn't a commercial where everybody in the family <laughs> is the same race or color. You know, it's, it's where embracing it in that area.
0: Yeah, that visibility is so important.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And that visibility is important in your studio as well, as you said.
1: So uh, inclusivity of kids who are different. Let's talk about that one. Kids who uh, maybe are shy isn't the right word uh kids who are different kids who yeah kids who struggle
0: in mainstream classes
1: right yeah or identities that's really where I should have said and being open even if you don't understand or you've never known a person who has chosen that identity we now live in this new world that we must understand. Yes. And I don't say that. I say that because I'm excited about this new world. Because mm. as a kid, I was kind of one of those kids. I didn't fit into your normal mold. So I, I conform to what I was supposed to be and think. I get excited for the kids who come through our classrooms and we're not saying, I, I'm going to give this as an example. I don't know what people are going to think, but when I was little and my mother would give us choreography, us would be my twin brother. And I, mm-hmm. my mother would say, you need to look like a man, make it strong. I, don't know that I'd say that now. No. And that w- that's a major shift. Mm. And recently I heard about, this is interesting, we may be going off here, but a judge at a dance competition who went off at, on a student because the male dancer was too feminine, And yes, we can blame the judge, but he hadn't been exposed. He was one of those people who grew up with the teacher saying, dance like a guy, be strong, yeah. push it up. Yeah. Do you understand? Like yeah. it's 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 a shift.
0: Mm, absolutely. And sometimes for people who who are struggling with our their, their identity, the dance studio might be the safest space that they have and so making sure that we have a culture that is welcoming an environment that makes them feel like they can be exactly who they are is so incredibly important because it might be the only part of that child's life that where they can where they can feel that where they can have that
1: it's funny because you said you know they might come to us for that. I'm going to say 90% of them walk into a dance studio because they believe that's the place they'll feel comfortable. They're going to lose themselves in the music, the movement. Nobody's going to judge them. And we need to live up to that expectation.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, isn't that special that -hmm. we have, we have that ability that, that, that reaching out to us is where they come to.
1: And let's, let's make our, our studio be the place that they feel the most comfortable. I hope they're not going through things in the outside world, but if they are, and we are the haven from that, which is what the studio was for me, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how good that kid gets, the impact, that you have on that child and the development of how they feel about themselves mm-hmm. zero to do with the class, 100% to do with the culture. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We Ooh. do have a very special job, a very special job. And sometimes and we lose more... sight of that, right, Ray? Sometimes we go, oh gosh, another tap another class, really?
1: I want to say we need to recognize it more. Mm. If we did, we'd love our profession so much more. Yeah. If you could notice <laughs> what's really going on beyond the technique, beyond the progressions they did across the floor and how high this kid was or whose foot was stretched, if you can look beyond. with your microscopic glasses and get into the souls of these kids and what's happening, you will love what you do even more.
0: Yeah. And
1: before we started the chat, Ray, you said
0: inclusivity is the key to success. Mm. And I feel that personally. I feel that for the business. I feel that for the families and the kids. There is so much good to come out of making your studio space somewhere where everyone can feel welcome.
1: And if you think about it, if you're putting inclusivity as like a priority in your studio, you're going to attract more people to your studio. So how, how could anybody ever argue that it's not the key to success? Mm. They can't. Okay. (laughs) The more... The more you are welcoming to everybody who wants to dance, the bigger your business will grow. If what you're looking for are the good kids from other people's schools, you're going to be miserable. Mm. That's just a side note I want to (laughs) make. Build a studio with a culture of passion and parents caring about the children and your mission and all of that stuff and you will live in a much more joyful world and a world where you're grateful to be a dance teacher instead of saying what Stacy just said oh it's Tuesday another tap class <laughs> and wait I'm guilty of that
0: I think we all are I think we all are. Not another shuffle ball change. Gosh.
1: Well, I, I've said (laughs) this many times, uh, people who hate i pick a day Wednesday because it's that teen jazz class. So, they wake up on Monday. They go, okay, I don't have to do that for a couple of days. They wake up on Tuesday. They go, oh, tomorrow is Wednesday. <laughs> That's the day I have to teach these teen kids. And then on Wednesday, they go, oh, Wednesday's my worst day of the week because I have to teach these kids. You're just like picking a day uh, that for uh, for the entire year you're getting rid of a day and you're saying I'm miserable. Mm.
0: And the two days leading in, you miserable. Yeah, Three days out of the week.
1: <laughs> I say the trick to that is what bothers you about that teen class? Is and- it their energy? If it's their energy, why are you not capable of fixing that? Mm-hmm. Why have you not figured out a way to make Wednesdays your funnest day? Mm-hmm. Like... I challenge those who are listening who have a class that I just described where you say, how can I turn this into my favourite class?
0: Mm -hmm. That's a great way to end. We'll leave you with that, everybody. (laughs) Go work on that. today's episode has been brought to you by the dance life teacher conference and by soul it's five days two events something for everybody you do not want to miss it Ree's going to be there i'm going to be there it's going to be sensational you can book now at regold.com
1: enjoy the journey listeners see you next time
0: thank you for joining us for regold's dance life podcast